You're listening to the Green Man Podcast. Congrando at podcast to Dean Gwerth Chrysler. You're listening to the Green Man Podcast. Welcome to Green Man Podcast. This is a very exciting and gorgeous little podcast suite. Uh, my name is Rebecca Morden. I was a Greenham child and I'm here running a Greenham peace camp. We're doing a little homage to the Greenham women. So uh, my interest in Greenham is that I was a child who lived near, nearby and my mum took me and I have many fantastic memories of that. But I'd, I'd really like to introduce the women who really know much more about it and are much more dynamically involved than I was. I was just a five-year-old who was lucky to be, to be taken along for the ride. My name is Say. I'm really pleased to be at Green Man for the first time <laughs> and we've set up a Greenham camp here and yes. we're there talking about our experiences in the 80s. And I'm Frankie Armstrong and I feel very privileged to be here and my role really was uh, around singing and songs to support Greenham. Well I know that Green and women that I've spoken to and interviewed um, for our Green and Women Everywhere project, they're very strict and, and come down on me very heavily if I try and draw a distinction between women that lived there and women that visited. Their view is, uh, from what I've been told by a lot of them, is there is no distinction. With n neither would have worked without the other. Um, and I know that I think, certainly no cheating from you, Sue, you, you did live there for years. But am I right in saying that, that you, you, you don't see the difference between different types of Green and women in that way? Absolutely. There weren't, there were every Greenham woman was different but we were all Greenham women and every woman contributed and helped in whatever way they could so you had the, the what we used to call the diehards who lived in the mud and then you had those that enabled the diehards to live in the mud <laughs> which were the people who brought the food who brought you know hot soups in the middle of winter who brought hot chocolate who brought marshmallows all the different <laughs> things that were brought to enable us and above all my absolute favourite the bolt cutters which just gave us a perfect opportunity to cut that fence and get back onto the common land as we should have been doing. And Sue, again, a living legend, Sue Say, <laughs> natural raconteuse. Uh, how, how would you like to pigeonhole yourself for the listener? Okay, I, would, I would say I'm a peace campaigner. I would call, I call myself that. However, there's been a lot of different things that I've done and they've all come out of Greenham and going to Greenham. I was an 18-year-old teenager who knew everything. I'd got the world <laughs> sauced. I knew how it was. And no one was going to tell me any different. Going to Greenham was about saying no just saying no to the fact that they men made all the decisions and I wasn't happy with that. I only went for the weekend to see what it was like. <laughs> and actually, it was just such an amazing place. I decided to stay. What did I learn there? I learned how to protest, how to campaign, but also about what I was capable of doing. And so suddenly I'm building my own home and I'm <laughs> helping to build showers and women are teaching me that, you know, actually you can put a, a board around that and you can make a moat. And actually when the water comes down, you're not gonna get away. And women, as they came, as new women came, we took their experiences and their knowledge and their understanding and we all grew. And I think that was what Greenham gave to me. Did you do you feel like when you visited Frankie that you were seeing that you were seeing women coming into their own, coming into themselves? Is that was that does that resonate with you? Oh, absolutely, yes. Because you know, I got to know Greenham women in a sense before, just before Greenham happened, and then so I then saw how it spread, how the passion and the commitment. You know, and we only had phones and and the post then. You know, and we all sent out the message, and these you know thousands of women turned up to support the different actions and yeah. demonstrate 
nations and and so that kind of sense that we had to do something say something mm. in my case sing something because <laughs> that was what I did <laughs> I was a singer and a sometimes songwriter so and you know so I sang at meetings I sang at demonstrations <laughs> I uh, did benefit concerts so to buy the marshmallows <laughs> and <laughs> I always find it remarkable that we don't talk about it more we've got to remember where it all started it was 34 women who decided we're in not Wales. having it in yes. Wales we're not having it and they marched from Cardiff to Newbury and they did that in 10 days as we know from recreating it for the anniversary God, it was not that easy <laughs> for, for women walk. to do but those those Welsh women started this can when I, they got can I to just sing a tiny bit of a song I've written about that oh yeah definitely we went marching from Wales with anger and love here's what we women can do the land of the raven the land of the dove here's what we women can do sing to all nations we must strive for peace ban weapons of war demand that they cease here's what we women can do however many however few etc Oh, it's brilliant. So that's oh, the Welsh. Just, just summing up what yeah. Sue was saying in song. I look at them as the, the, the heroes of the day. They were the ones who went, no, we're not having this. This is enough. And I think that women saw that and came. Now, OK, at first it was it was a mixed camp, and I, I accept that. I wasn't there at the time, so I can't really confirm. Although I will give you the two reasons that were given to me. One, the men didn't do the washing up. <laughs> <laughs> Two, the men didn't do the washing up and they got violent when they saw violence happening to the women. And people felt that if you're going to be peaceful, we needed that demonstration to be peaceful, which is why it ended up being women only. And that's what we decided to use for our demonstration. We decided to be the peaceful women that we were and sit in the road and do the, the, the things that would stop, physically stop those weapons from hitting the road. And then, of course, when they hit the road, we picked up somebody legged it to the phone box because there were no mobile phones yeah. somebody legged it to the phone box and phoned us the 10 women that they they'll had they'll to. have phoned my mum and those have, 10 women her 10 will friends. have phoned other people yeah. but they yep. would go out and find out where it was going they would then report back where the convoy was thus stopping the secrecy element effectively making the weapons pointless and worthless it sort of really makes it clear the point that if the, you're, you know the, the media sort of saying oh this is the most top secret base in the country and you're thinking well we're here we're a bunch of like you know hippie ex-housewives uh, you know living on the land doing things our way but we, we basically like we are not a trained elite force I pretty much reckon if we can find this and the Russians pretty much know it's here as well and this is not national security at its finest is it what worried me more than anything else is that we weren't trained we were a bunch of ex-girl guides and a few you know housewives magistrates Quakers you yeah. know there were so many weird and wacky women that were there but we were all there trying to make the point which is we want to live 
yeah. we yeah. want to live. And the Embrace the Base demonstration, I think the thing for me that was so powerful about that is for starters, nobody thought it would get as big as that. <laughs> it was never 30,000 in a million years. It was never 30,000. We were round that base nine deep in places, nine lines. There's absolutely <laughs> no way that that was 30,000 women. But OK, we'll go with the government statistics. I think the point was women came to say no and they came bringing photos of their children and little woolly socks and gloves. They brought symbols to indicate that we wanted peace. And then at the appropriate moment, everybody turned their back on the base and they sang. And that was the most powerful thing I've ever been involved in. Because whether you say 30,000 or not, 30,000 women chanting for peace is a massively effective demonstration. It still makes the hair stand up on me every time I talk about it because it yeah. was a very emotional day. And that was the day that felt like a success. It felt like we'd actually made a point. The following day, the close the base Monday wasn't quite so good. We all bled for the cause that day. Yeah, I, someone spoke to me about this and said that they felt that the, 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 the police hadn't expected so many women to stay on. And whilst they've been happy while the cameras were there to be sort of seen to be being a benevolent force to the women and children holding hands and everything, the next day they're like, right, we're a bit sick of you now. What they did, so what was, happened? it was a lot more involved than that. They actually, once they saw how over whelmed they were the previous day they rang round all the stations and they brought people from oh. the miners dispute they brought people from wales they brought police from from yorkshire from you know they brought in police every woman that i know bled that day Jeez. i was thrown onto a hard onto a concrete floor and kicked somebody else i mean they was punched they had the truncheons out they were beating the life out of us. They were so upset about the day before and that was retaliation. It was wow. the worst demonstration I've ever been on. Gosh. And like I said, we all bled for the cause that day. Yeah, and the media, of course, not there that day no. to show any of that stuff because no. the, the big day had been the day before. Yeah. Um, Frankie, with, with that in mind, I'm just thinking, um, I know it was a struggle for the women to get their side of the story out. And the media certainly, within the first couple of years, had turned uh, turned very much against them, particularly the tabloids, and were presenting only negative and very often utterly sort of false um, accounts of what was going on at the camp. Um, but you, people like yourself, I think you were sort of the, the, the truth tellers in a way, weren't you? I think you've said to me in the past that you saw your role as being go there, find out what the life is really like, and then tell everyone, go on tour and tell other people. Yes, and you're in my case, obviously, using song. <laughs> that, that's how I feel like and communicate best but obviously you know to tell tell people and it, I was singing in America and Australia and different parts of Europe over that time too so um, you know people would ask me about Queen it was it was just so much of a kind of inspire inspiring back cloth mm. to even those of us who who weren't there all the time but uh, you know just being supported by and supporting that sense of kind of, yeah, and of course, a mutual commitment, a mutual passion. Yeah, and of course your your songs that you wrote and, and, and a part of then feed back in. I, I was literally just looking at the Greenham songbook with um, some young people today and straight away we fell on the, the line out of the darkness and there's, you know, there's your song in the, right in that, in that campfire book, you know, 
and yeah, and I mean, I was so honoured when you said you were going to call the the book that you've. <laughs> you and Kate put together, compiled, about green and women and their stories, and the fact that you called it out of the darkness after that song of mine. Which, oh, gosh. Which I, I know... so you know, relieved that you said I could. <laughs> we, were just, we were both very, very moved by being able to use that title. Do you want to... Do you have that song in your mind? Do you want to sing a couple of lines of it? Because it's, so, it's so powerful. Uh, out of the darkness comes the fear of what's to come. Out of the darkness comes the dread of what's undone. Out of the darkness comes the hope that we can run. And out of the darkness comes the knowledge of the sun. Oh, okay, that is great. That is really, really great. There are some songs that I absolutely adore, but they're not always appropriate ones. The Visitor's Song, I think, was was more my favourite. That is but a very Only fun because song. it's not really a very appropriate a song to sing in every month. Yeah. But the point is, it was about. It came out of people sitting down, being really annoyed at visitors asking the same questions, <laughs> and so they and it always do, you know. And so we we actually sat there, all of us, throwing in a line, and that's and it, what and it, it was. It was the you know what are the questions that a visitor will ask but, and it's the tune of, and yeah and it's in the tune of in, a, in an english country garden, garden so it's yeah. taking something very prim and dainty and traditional and making it really naughty yes, and, and it about was, the ship pits and, yes. yeah, and the media and yeah. the, you know all this yeah. and, it, and, the, and handling the mud but that was entertainment as well this yeah. is what we did we're sitting around in a camp it was hard yeah. you couldn't always do actions because actions led to prison and prison was not fun guys it wasn't no. fun we, we went there we did we did our bit, we refused to pay the fines, you know. And song is a tool of survival under circumstances like that. Uh, you know, and was true for black South Africans, you know, it's been true for Black Lives Matter. So, you know, I just think the, the way green and women use song all the time was, uh, and a lot of it, as you say, was very funny and kind of parodying the people who were, who were stereotyping you. Yeah. It was great. It is interesting before we move on to perhaps lighter things and what we're experiencing here at, at, at Green Man, which is something else that would be nice to just talk about as well, I think. Um, but I do, when we talk about the sort of violence that was experienced, who are we talking about? Who, who are the people that were violent with the Green and Women? Because we've talked a lot about the support. When, when, when you're talking about violence, what, 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 what are we talking about? I think what we'd be firstly talking about is the... Um, military police weren't great sometimes. The American servicemen were awful. We had a lot of aggression from the American military because our protest was aimed at them. Yeah. Take your stinking nuclear weapons and take them home. We mm. don't want you here with them. Take them yeah. back. Keep them in your country and you deploy them around your streets. The people, I would say, and the police weren't great either. Newbury police were a bit bad. You know, on the whole, I would say half of them were actually really good with us, and the other were just frightening. Wow. Frightening. There wasn't a middle ground. No. They were either really nice with you, and proper old-school police, or they were the modern police who were used to being on, you know, dealing with the miners, and violence yeah. was their first key. So I think that was a bit of an issue. But the people who were the most violent of all were the bailiffs. Really? The bailiffs were worse than any of the police or the Americans or anything. Gosh. The bailiffs were just 
they were so monstrously violent. My like that when they picked up the woman in the Gore-Tex and they threw her into the bin, she was in a Gore-Tex oh cover over her sleeping and bag. By, by so and they bin, picked her you up. You know the bin lorries when they come up? They threw her into that and we all had to grab her out before it came down. And wow. she caught her foot in it and damaged her foot, but that was all. But then again, you know, we were very irritating women. We wouldn't just go <laughs> and do what we were told to do. And very like the suffragettes, green women that went to prison then became campaigners for yes. the, the standard of, of we did, a, we did a rooftop protest and a, a hunger strike while we were in there for because some of the saying... needs of women because the women, for example, some vegan women weren't given their vegan products, so we did a, a, a hunger strike for that until they were given their products. It took three days. I was very hungry. Wow. Oh, God. And you took on the prison service in yeah. terms of strip searching yeah. as well, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, Well, it's actually, it turned out to be the um, Ministry of Defence Police that we ended up taking on board. But what happened was there were several of us, and it was working-class women, and, and you know sort of me and other people who stood out were being strip searched the middle-class women weren't being strip searched they were being searched mm -hmm. they were but they were let off you know I went into court with a white middle-class woman we were charged with the same offense we had the same convictions already she was given 14 days and I was given 28 Why in the same court what, well we pulled them for it we pulled them and said this is because I'm black this is because really? I'm black, isn't it? And they went, no, 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 it's because of this and it's because of that. And we proved to them that, no, we'd had exactly the same convictions. Mm. And the crime, we'd committed together. <laughs> oh. We committed it together. We were there together committing the crime when we were caught. I think it's been really exciting to have a sort of mini camp here. I have enjoyed that because we have been able to sort of draw people in to do some artwork, to yeah. be able to to actually remember if they were there, if any of their relatives were there, they can actually give some kind of testimony. Yeah, and, yeah. and that can be included in the information that we've already got. Yeah. They also have an opportunity to sing with the women who are making music there. They've also got an opportunity to look at the benders, the kinds of homes that yeah. we lived in, and also hear some of the stories, and also get an opportunity to look at the book where more of those stories are. So and it's chat been quite to good. And chat the to the women. Actually, in the really, book, all yeah. of you who are there. I, I was going to say, Frankie, the experience that um, what I'm loving about our little peace camp that Green Man and, and others have put together is the the intergenerational nature. And yesterday, I think there was a one of our young, scary little girls singers outside the production company that I'm from. She had come to do a workshop, and she was totally overawed, wasn't she? That you, you know, her great idol was going to be there, and you just scooched her up and like you ran a workshop together with her. That she's she's going to remember that forever I mean how are you feeling about the, the kind of interactions you're having at the, the oh, Green Man Green yeah. and Peace Camp you know, oh, because I've been part of this um, human library I mean this morning I was talking to a 12 year old and her mother to two 26 year olds to two 29 year olds um, and uh, you know, and a couple in their mid-teens uh, you know, in separate conversations but the opportunity to, to, well, they all said that they were kind of inspired to, to feel that, you know, as women, there were things, well, as I said, you know, we're handing the baton on to you. <laughs> Some of us who are now in our 80s, you know, um, you're, you're our hope. 
you younger women and you know and I really felt that some of them were just obviously ready to be told to you know but there's still work to be done. Is there anything else either of you would like to say before we finish that sort of either comes out of the camp and the interactions you've had while we've been here or, or that you'd maybe you say to a younger, a younger generation listening to this, I guess? I, you know, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, there are a lot of people who have a lot of power and a lot of money and are trying to accrue more power and more money and most of them are men. And, <laughs> I, you know, I just think we need to say no. Now, over the last two or three years, when I've been ranting for a long time that nobody's doing anything, I look at youth today and I think, booyah, bring it on. Let's have you out there. You know, just like those Welsh women did. Let's have people mm. getting out there and doing something about what is wrong in today's society instead of curling up and just accepting it. So for me, that's what I'd say to youth. You know, bear in mind what the past had to offer and see what you want for your life. And if you want what we've got now, then fine. You want what we've got now. And if you don't, don't walk on by. Say no. And imagine something better. Imagine the better thing you want and go and make it, it happen. Yeah, positive change is possible. The Green and Women show us that. And we're better to talk about that than this lovely, fantastic festival. Thank you for having us. Green Man podcast of 2023. My name's Griff. I play in a band called Melin Melin, and I have the privilege of having a chat with the one and only Rosie Plain today. Well, likewise, I have the absolute privilege of being here with Griff. I don't know your last name. Glyn. Glyn. Griff. Yeah. GG. Very nice. GG. Yeah. So my name, Griff, is short for, for Griffith. Griffith. Yeah, yeah. Which is a very Welsh name. Um, Rosie, is your name short for something? Well, thank you for asking. Yes, my Rosie is short for Rosalind. Rosalind. Yeah. It's very Shakespearean. Thank you, darling. Yeah, not a lot of people call me Rosalind, but I don't mind it when they do. I like it. I mind it when they do because do it reminds me of being in trouble. Mm. Not Rosalind. I've never been yeah, called yeah, Rosalind. Yeah. But when I'm called Griffith, it's usually because I'm in trouble. Yeah. So, um... Please, please don't call me that. Okay, understood. What about any middle names? Yeah, so my, my middle name is actually Glyn. So it's Griffith Glyn Ab Aled. And uh-huh. Ab means son of. Aha, uh-huh. so okay. So your dad is called Aled. That's right, yeah. We're, so we're really getting into the nuts and bolts of this. We're getting bolts. under the Absolutely. bonnet. Absolutely, yes, I love it. <laughs> um, I came to see your show, half of your show, the second half of the show. So I arrived and immediately Aww. it was really beautiful. Aww. And the only shame was that I didn't see all of the sets. Um, but I will be coming to see you again. Watch out. Watch out. I watch will out. watch out. It's beautiful. <laughs> I, I, the way I would describe it, I have recently purchased a pair of ear protectors. Oh, yeah? And I often... Do you mean uh, ear uh, What are they plugs? called? Earplugs, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know the ones they mould for you. Yes, what yeah. was that with Thingy, that scheme, Healthy Musicians? That's the one. Yeah, yeah. very what nice. What colour are yours? Oh, well, actually, it was a debacle. Oh. Yeah, I paid the extra £10 to... Uh, the thing is, this is no shade on this amazing service where you can get these discount uh, moulds, but I decided to pay the extra £10 to get gold ones, like sparkly gold ones right. but then when they arrived or oh, I had to go and pick them up they were one of them was luminous green and one of them was luminous orange 
And oh. I said, I ordered sparkly. And oh. then uh, and then they said, okay, but we have to we have to send them back. And then they, I just got clear ones. You got clear ones? Yeah. And I recently so found out, I just thought that inside of your ear would be the inside of your ear forever. But right. they, because I was looking into getting like, uh, you know, some in-ears. Yeah, in-ears, yeah. Using the same mould. Using the same mould because I also, yeah, they keep your mould on record. You yeah. know you know all this, of yeah. course, because you yeah. just had it done. Yeah. Um, and, but they said, oh, no, that's too old now. The mould is too yeah, old. Yeah, because the mould was too old. It only lasts like four years or something. I mean, I don't know. Is that true? Because no, the earplugs still feel fine. But I never remember them because I always think, oh, I must not lose these. So I just keep them in a safe place and well, then never bring them. Mine mine were attached to my key ring. <coughs> uh, Very nice. I had a, re- a rehearsal the other day and as I was carrying an amp, I noticed that the thing come undone and had fallen to the ground somewhere. So I had to walk for about half a mile to try and find where I dropped them in the street. And I found one orange luminous one on, alone on the street, on the road, sorry. And the right. other one in the packet, a car had uh, driven over it. So it was squished. But it survived. Oh, amazing. I mean, I can't hear today, but no, I'm joking. So hey. hang on, your one's a luminous orange. Yes. Great. For those who don't know, earplugs, because I'm still new to this business, but earplugs are to help you from getting things like tinnitus, I think, yeah. isn't it? But anyway, I often have to have them in on site in festivals because there's a lot of loud music, yeah. isn't it? And a lot, I find that hurts my ears quite a lot. I walked into your gig didn't have them in and rather than hurt my ears I was warmed by your music oh, the bass the bass literally warmed my chest oh. it was really beautiful oh. so how did the set go for you it was it was really nice it was really nice um, yeah it's always like such a sort of you know long way and then whirlwind start yeah it was really really enjoyable like you know yes I've been to this festival for so long and it's always a pleasure never a chore and how many times have you played it quite a few i play in another band called this is the kit and we oh. have played a few times here I love as this well is the kit. Ah, yeah 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 i didn't realize you played for them also i hear you are an actor yeah i'm an actor yeah as i worked with your beautiful friend alex recently yes. who is an amazing creator of sound yeah a musician yeah yeah so yeah i'm an actor and I started a band about five years ago, I think, five, six years ago. And the reason for it is because I love acting, but as you may know, it comes in waves. Like, you yeah. can you can be in a top film one second and then be back working in... I, I was in The Martian. They cut my scene, but I was in The Martian with a headpiece on. Okay. And a week later, I took the headpiece off, put my call centre headpiece back on. <laughs> now, that's the reality of it. Yeah. And then... You cannot work for ages, but also the epiphany was I'm not in control of any of it. Yeah. You have to wait for the phone call, wait yeah. to see if you're cast, wait to see if you make the fail, make yeah, the cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to create something where I was in control of it. Yeah. And also the trajectory is healthier. Yeah. Um, but I love it. But coming to Green Man has definitely inspired me yeah. to start a band. And it is my favourite festival. There's something really sweet about it, isn't it? Yeah. People are lovely. Yeah, yeah. It's always so funny as well, like, like coming back to a festival and it sort of feels so like it just feels so familiar here yeah like i said that like stuck in time is that yes frozen it's like in stuck time? in time and it's like but it's like you're like but it all goes it's so you know you just sort of get and you're like oh yeah that's where the 
that stage is that's where it's just like it's just like go yeah going back home going to some really familiar town or something yeah, that you really know really surreal, well but you can only go to that town once a year at the same time yes <laughs> i was gutted as everyone was with lockdown because we just found out um green man offered us a set We'd only been going about two years, I think, yeah. and then we got a, 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 a shift. <laughs> got a uh, what's it called? The slot or something? Slot. I don't know. <laughs> slot on the uh, rising stage, and it was an absolute dream because that was always my ambition to play Green Man one year. And then, of course, blinking lockdowns come, yeah. uh, came in. Yeah. So I was obsessed with um, coming out of lockdown. For me, was the obsession of being able to play music again. Yeah. And when this Green Man coming back, so I. Dream. I, I dreamt a lot about walking out into Green Man through the bubbles and see the um, Helter Skelter. Oh. And then finally, when it happened, it really spun me out. It was mm. overwhelming. I really, because I'd also been in a crowd and stuff. It was super yes, overwhelming. It was overwhelming. Yeah, I think I came and I stayed for like four days, yeah. or you know, the full the That's full it. time. And yeah, I felt really like shell shocked after it. it was really like. It was such a sort of, yes, funny mix of like, of completely normal and familiar and like sort of deeply overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was mm. confusing. But your new album came out, was it this year? Yeah, in January. Yeah, I remember it coming out and it was really good for me. Oh. I was going through a bit of a tricky time mm -hmm. myself and it really, really comforted me. Oh. I found it really, really oh. good to put on in the house. So oh. thank you for a beautiful album. Well, thanks for having it on in the house. It's really, it's really wonderful. Did you, did you, you went on a tour, didn't you, after the second, after the album? Yeah, came we've out. just actually been on tour, sort of mostly since then. Yeah, we sort of did a tour in the UK in January. Then we went to Europe. Then we did another one in the in Ireland in the UK. Then we did a, then we did our um, stadium tour supporting wow. a band called Paramore. And uh, stadium. Yeah, I mean, actually, it was probably, I think it was arenas, Whoa. but it was a very um, bizarre and amazing experience. They, so yeah. what was the biggest capacity you played to? I think, what is the O2 in London, like uh, 20,000 or 25,000 or something? How was, how was it, how many people came to watch you as the support? Well, because they have such hardcore fans, it, I'd say, so it was us, then it was Block Party, then oh, it was right. Paramore. Paramore, <laughs> I love Paramore. And uh, Paramore. it was a very sort of, um, you know, quite an incongruous mix, but it was so thrilling and insane to be, uh, to sort of be a part of like an operation like that, that happened, like it was, uh, yeah, just really bonkers. And, but yeah, cause they have such a hardcore following people i sort of was prepared for there to be no one there when we were playing but it was i would say it was like half full and then getting fuller so we you know we were playing to Brilliant. thousands that's of people good to hear. yeah that's good really good to hear yeah i mean i you know if you were sporting oasis they probably would have booed you they were just they're, they're, yeah. they're notorious i think yeah um, terrible fans <laughs> terrible fans anyways so fans terrible out there <laughs> anyways if you're listening you have terrible fans <laughs> Liam yeah, and Noel, get back was... together, you have terrible fans. <laughs> don't do it, don't do it. Um, the fans can't be trusted. So we played on the mountain stage yeah. yesterday, I think. Yes, yes. Get, get anything chucked at you. Hey? <laughs> anything chucked at you. No, we chucked things at people. Brilliant. We had a confetti cannon. Oh, amazing. We were part of, um, we have this uh, 
Just like Paramore. They have loads of confetti cannons. Oh, right. There yeah, you yeah, no, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, we had a confetti cannon, but also we were working our second job for the Jolly Basket supermarket store. So we were in our clothes because I believe the artists don't get paid enough. And so the concept we have is therefore we have to get a second job. So when we play, we have to represent the the supermarket that we work for. Very nice. So you might see a few hats around the yellow hats yeah. around the festival with Jolly Baskets written on them. And is that an actual shop? Of course it is. No, it's not. <laughs> Great. Yeah, so then, but I actually quit the job on stage last night. Big. Yeah, it was a big moment, quite emotional. You left in high dudgeon. No, 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 yeah. no. Parted, parted in good ways? Um, I think my dream as an actor and a musician is to not have to work these blinking second yeah. jobs. Yeah, yeah. Not for me to be rich, just yeah. to be comfortable enough yeah. that I can, when I'm not acting, that I can spend the time writing more music because yeah, yeah. I'm working for a company delivering all sorts of stuff on big, massive bikes and an electric van. Okay. It's fine, but I'd rather be writing music. Aww. What have you got planned coming up? Or have you been on holiday this summer? Um, I went to um, I went to Cornwall for a few days with Lovely. my friend Carrie. Where in Cornwall? Well, I was playing in Falmouth, and then a week later I was playing in Falmouth. So um, we like Penzance. Oh my God! We went to this amazing beach called Prussia Cove, and it was really incredible. I used to go to well, I go to Ireland a lot, and it felt quite like Ireland to me. Beautiful part of the world. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Have you been to Pembrokeshire? I have. My brother lives in Pembrokeshire, actually, in Fishguard. Lovely. Yeah, very that's nice the part Welsh of the world. Cornwall. And that's where my friend Carrie is from as well. Oh, look at that. Um, where are you from in Wales? I'm from Cardiff. Okay. Uh, family from North, North Wales. Between Sharak and Raig, I speak Welsh. Great. Because anytime someone mentions Cornwall, it's a, the, their language is, is the Cornish language isn't being spoken enough. Yeah. I think. And um, Gwenna, you know the artist Gwenna? Yeah, yeah. She sings a lot of Cornish yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. And yeah. it's really cool to hear that. Yeah. I love going down to Cornwall. I feel like it's quite Celtic. Well, it is a Celtic place. So. Yes, it is. Um, it does feel like a sort of... Not, like it, it, it's got its own zone going yeah, on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, what about Melon Melon? What does this mean? It means yellow mill. Uh-huh. So um, it's just a play on words, really. I've never yeah. imagined that I'm... A yellow mill, <laughs> or that anyone else is, for that matter. But um, it's a play on words. I really like a band called Timber Tombra. Have okay. you heard them? Check them out. I will. I actually saw them on the Wall Garden where ah. Rosie played last night, and mm. they blew, blew my mind. Kind of swampy, kind of okay. funky. And what have we got coming up after this weekend? Um, we um, we're playing in. Bethesda. Oh, Neavogwen. Is it for Aradig? Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. And uh, and then yeah, we do that. Wait, then, this is the kit, or Rosie? That says me. <laughs> and Rosie. then um, in Cottingham with Griff Rees. Great. Yeah. Lovely man. Lovely man. Yes, and he we uh, this knew this is the kit album just came out and it was produced by Griff. It was. Yeah. And I'm gonna definitely. I love. I love this. The kit. I really do. Uh, I need to listen to the album. Maybe I'll listen to it when I'm delivering. Whatever is flowers, in those parcels. Batteries. I don't mm, know what they are. Mm. Um, but it's a joy because I just get to put on albums such as yours. 
um, and I will absolutely listen to this skit. Aww. And Bethesda's beautiful. I don't know if you've ever been there. You'll have I a ha- lovely well, time. Well, yeah, we played there with this the kit, this I think, kit. last year. And yes, it was absolutely lush. Yeah, we played in the chapel uh, uh, supporting Griff. Okay, great. I didn't ever think that I played in a chapel, but they seem to... <laughs> a great I've reason. seen it all now. Yes. All right, then, Rosie. What about you? Tell me what's coming up for you. Oh, um, so we've got a single coming out next month. Okay. 6th of September. From Because there's a new album on the way? Well, there's a new album on the way next year, Okay. apparently. Okay. Apparently someone's going to write one. No, I've got a few songs. <laughs> and we've started recording it, and this Great. song is called I Paint Dogs. I Paint Dogs. Which is inspired by what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. The story I say on stage, but I've heard a version of this so many times, yeah. and that's what the song is about. But um, my wife's cousin, I went to his art exhibition in London, yeah, and he had stickers on loads of his pictures, and I said, "Oh, that's amazing, man!" So you probably just make a living out of art, and he went, "Nah, don't be ridiculous. I mm. don't make any money from this. Mm. The only way I make enough money is by going to posh people's houses and painting their dogs." Um, a friend, my friend Beth, her parents have a, I think it's called like an Irish bloodhound. Gosh, and, um, I hope that's some kind of dog. That is a dog, right. yes, that's a dog. And they um, were on a walk somewhere and this, pl- you know, quite a plus fourzy man came up and he said, oh, um, uh, beautiful dog, um, have you had him painted? There you go. So it's true. Everybody, go and paint your dogs. Go and get your dogs painted. Well, when we say paint your dogs, don't put paint on your dogs. Yeah. Paint pictures of your dogs. I hope you've enjoyed this chat. I've enjoyed this chat. I have, yeah. It's been very nice. Let's shake hands live on air. Shaking hands. Look, we're shaking hands. This is the noise of us shaking hands. Very firm. There's there's (laughs) nothing worse than a floppy handshake. Anyone listening, sort your handshakes out. It's really disappointing when someone gives you a floppy handshake. (laughs) We'll end it there. Um, Yeah, lovely to meet you. Nice to speak to you. Have a great rest of it all. And if I find any gold earplugs, yeah, I will send give them, them my to way. you, even if they don't send fit. Send them my way. 